0: Yo, and welcome to the 46th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I've been joined today by a returning special guest host. We have returning for the second time, Joe Bernard, a.k.a. Omnipoke. Thanks for having me on. Uh, happy to be back on the Lake of Rage. Did I even say that properly? Are you Omnipoke or is Omnipoke technically both it's both of us. It's both of us. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: so we've got a very special episode for you all planned today. We're going to very quickly jump into TPCI's new COVID guidelines that just got released, which seems like a very good sign for future events actually happening. And then we're going to talk about the upcoming Brilliant Stars expansion with our first guest who has spent a very significant amount of time playing in the new format, which is, of course, Joe. I've played zero games with the format so far. And then we're going to get some That's questions what. from Twitch chat. As always, we are live on twitch.tv slash mellow underscore Magikarp. So first, some housekeeping. I, we took last week off because we'd been planning these Brilliant Stars episodes. And we were like, all right, we got this. And then we realized Brilliant Stars comes out at the end of February. And it was like, I don't want six episodes in a row of Brilliant Stars. We're going to take a week off. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's felt the same for you over on the YouTube channel, right? Where it's just like, oh my god, there's so much.
1: Yeah, we're having to separate it a bit. I mean, we start really early. um, So yeah, we have to like throw some questionable stuff out there just to fill the void,
0: (laughs) basically. So we're already on the LDF level videos. Yeah,
1: I mean, I spent like one video all about Arceus and then realized that that's basically the only deck (laughs) that
0: we get from the (laughs) set. So now I'm doing like lots of questionable stuff but it's fine. We'll get into some of the Arceus stuff, because I think there's a sure. lot there to unpack. But uh, yeah. so real quick, in that week that we didn't go on, uh, I managed to win my team challenge. So I'm excited to announce I'll be playing for Tabletop Village yet again in this team challenge. And it's something that I've got to say because, Joe, I assume you have the same thing happen. When the eyes are on you playing hundreds of games in front of many, many, many people, a lot of people will tend to watch your misplays very closely and forget that... uh. You know, your boy's a pretty good Pokemon trading card game player. (laughs) So I got to remind y'all real quick on that one. I'll be playing in the team challenge and good luck to everyone else who is uh, competing in their team (laughs) challenge. Are you playing in uh, any teams or are you above that?
1: Um, I'm like the the stand in. If ever, uh, like, there's people that want to be a team together. And if they need me to be an extra like body in there for the shop or whatever, I can. But I'm not like trying to go far or
0: anything. Okay, that's totally fair. It's one of those. For me, it was like it's an official Pokemon event. I'm going all in, and it was yeah, the one. Makes that, sense. I rewatch my streams to rewatch my gameplay to like improve as a player, right? And mm-hmm. watching myself play the team challenge, I'm like, oh, I'm actually trying this time. <laughs> compared to playing in like a Hexter or something, where it's like, oh, I'm got joking it. with chat and all that stuff. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. You slap that official Pokemon event on there, and I'm like, I'm in, bro.
1: <laughs> juicy, juicy, yeah.
0: So, speaking of official Pokemon events, we just got an announcement from Play Pokemon about their COVID nineteen guidelines. So, really quickly, report on what that is. So, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely go check it out. It's all over Twitter. It's all over wherever you need to go find it under the play pokemon page on pokemon.com but some of the stuff in order to enter and compete in a regional level event you do need to be vaccinated you need to be boosted assuming and i missed this one i don't know if you saw it if your country is legally allowing you to become vaccinated correct so like certain like juniors may not be able to in certain countries so is there a ruling on that one
1: Um, i think if you're under the age of 12 uh, you only need one vaccine dose, I think it is, okay. uh, within like six months, something like that. I think you'll still, you still have to have one. It's just like, you don't have to be double jabbed and boosted <laughs> just because of the age, like the, um, they were like later in the wave, right? So many of them still will only be at that one, just in terms of the date range right now.
0: Okay, perfect. So yeah, uh, check your age. I assume everyone who's listening to this is a master's anyway, but there's plenty of pokey parrots who do listen to this for sure. So check the age for your children, because in order to even enter the venue, they'll need to receive a wristband with the proof of vaccination. And this one caught me off guard, and I'm going to be 100% honest, I'm very into it. A negative COVID-19 result as well. So you'll need to get a COVID test before you can even enter into the region. I mean, you can enter it. You just can't literally go into the region. They will take your money to register <laughs> so don't, pretty much. Don't, yeah. don't assume registration automatically puts you in there. And they said, that'll give you a wristband that you will have to have in order to enter the venue. And they also have a masking policy too. It's not just any face covering. It is an N95 or any other equivalent variant level mask. It is a surgical mask, or it is a double layered cloth mask. Correct.
1: Yeah, so it's not just one of those, like, fashionable ones that you just sort of have. It needs to actually be functional as well.
0: (laughs) You hate to see it or love to see it. (laughs) I'll let you figure out which one I'm on on that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so make sure you have all of that stuff in order. Make sure to bring extra masks, too. I assume everyone else in the world has been out there, and it snaps in the middle, and yep, (laughs) you don't want that to be (laughs) happening to you. And make sure you know how to wear a mask. I will happily call a judge if I tell you to put it over your nose and you don't. Just, just throwing that out there for the world. Highly recommend everyone <laughs> else do that too.
1: Joe, are you getting kind of excited? A, oh, I'm super <laughs> excited. Yeah. So Liverpool's end of uh, March for us. Uh, so we'll have seen Salt Lake's results, but I'm still like buzzing at the idea <laughs> of coming back. And it's been like two years since I've seen
0: so many people and I really am ready to. Yeah. That's That's part of the thing I'm excited for, too. I kind of take it for granted because my locals are back, but locals Mm. means people within about a 20 to 30 minute drive of the store, as opposed to locals being people three states away, which is a very large difference.
1: Yeah. And it's countries away for me because it's Europe events, right? So (laughs) (laughs) literally just wouldn't even have the possibility of like bumping into them randomly or whatever. So, yeah.
0: That's got to be so nice, though. Like, it's got to be so easy to go to all of the European events, right?
1: It's pretty good, yeah. So uh, Liverpool is obviously in the UK. Lille is drivable for me, which Mm -hmm. is in France. And uh, then Germany is, like, a couple-hour flight. So it's all very easy for the first few regionals.
0: Are you a grinder? Are you someone who's going to be at every event?
1: Uh, So I've got the invite already two years ago. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll definitely go to the three regionals. I don't think I'll go to the specials, though. Um... I might still go to, like, one of them, because I think it lands on a weekend where there's already, um, like, I already have the Friday off just because it's a bank holiday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so that might work out well, but I will definitely do the regionals at least.
0: Okay, let's go. That's exciting. I'm currently planning on two oh, yeah. regionals, which is disappointing once I really thought about it. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hey, it's, it's a mini-season, right?
0: Exactly. So, like you, I've got my invite, so, so I don't have to push anything. Yeah, so it's exactly. Like, do I really want to go to Milwaukee? like you know what
1: no i do think that everyone is like collectively so much lazier now that we've had like covid like actually leaving the house is like a deal now and you have to convince yourself to actually do it so that's gonna be a bit of a strange thing to remind yourself that like waking up at five was like a normal thing sometimes
0: have you put any thought into like what the sizes are going to be of like do you expect european regionals to be larger than normal back to the same size smaller it's really is a guessing game
1: because like the only like small local tournaments that i've been to has been like pre releases and there's like a good amount of new people around and there's a lot of new excitement around so it's balancing like how many people do i think will actually still come back and be interested in the game i could see it being like 70% i could see it being like 50% And then there's the new blood coming in and whether they'd feel comfortable attending a regional uh, for like whatever reason. If they've only been online players, they may be more COVID conscious uh, if they're worried about like a few hundred people all there at once. So it could be the biggest regional we've ever had, or it could be like essentially like a special event and only only break like 200 people for Europe or something. Uh, So it's anyone's guess, really.
0: So, forgive my ignorance on anything about European regionals, but what is the largest? Not like, obviously, not UIC, but you know, obviously, not the exact number, but like a ball. Off the first. top of my
1: head, it would probably be between five 600, I think would be one of our okay. biggest regionals. I think it's been around there.
0: Um, yeah. That's a pretty good size event. So, you're thinking, obviously, you said it could be anyone's guess, but like, it's not unrealistic. I would,
1: I would, yeah, I would hedge probably around like the 300 mark, I think would be where my head would be at if I had to take a guess.
0: I'm torn on Salt Lake on what I think, because everyone keeps posting uh, their plane tickets. and I live super close to the state, so I'm like, eh, it's like $350, which is like a lot for being so yeah. close, but also it's cheap for U.S. Standards. And mm-hmm. other people are like, oh, it's like, you know, these massive six, $700 flights. And it's like, ooh, what I thought was going to be a thousand person <laughs> regional might actually be. U.S. small, which is probably about a five 600 person regional. Well, mm-hmm. so I'm super mm-hmm. curious yeah. what that size is going to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a big balance between all of those factors, so it's really difficult to say.
0: And i got to let you plug it, because I assume it's going to happen, but are you going to have any regional prep stuff ready for any of this, for any new players?
1: Yeah, ton, tons of those videos are going to start coming out. I think we'll probably do a quick like PSA-style video just for these restrictions and requirements, just so that everyone's aware of those. And there will be like breakdowns of top things to do before heading back to IRL, mm-hmm. as well as like breaking down the decks and all that good stuff closer to the time.
0: Beautiful. I love it. Because that's some of the biggest questions I get asked, and I assume you do too. It's yep. not about the meta. I mean, obviously you get a million questions about what's the meta going to be? What's this going to be? But like, what do I bring? What do I do when I'm yeah. there? How long do I plan? <laughs> like all this kind of stuff that like I take for granted having friends when i first started because i started irl right and when you start online you don't have those people who you can rely yep. on so there's so much good stuff out there that check out yeah. youtube.com slash omnipoke yep let's go that's the one speaking of youtube.com slash omnipoke <laughs> always be selling see this is how you do it when i came into your chat earlier was like, oh what's the podcast <laughs> you gotta say the name <laughs> But speaking of that, uh, you've been testing a heck of a lot on that channel for some of the Brilliant Stars. So I want you to kind of lead us a little bit, but what are some of the top performing decks, let's say besides Mew?
1: (laughs) For simplicity, but we can
0: roll back around to Mew if you want to. So what are some of the top performing decks you've been having so far in your Brilliant Stars testing?
1: So Brilliant Stars is actually one of these weird sets where in terms of like new attacking Pokemon, it's looking like its Arceus is like by far the best. And there's not a whole lot else that's super enticing. So really it's like looking at engines and how those things change. Uh so um in terms of Arceus decks, I think it's pretty obvious that Mew is still like public enemy number one. So we're probably looking towards some dark package being like a popular and pretty obvious like include. So it's the likes of Galarian Moltres. Glare Zapdos is just a good card in this meta because it now hits Arceus for weakness. It hits Gengar for weakness, which is already one of the best checks in the game to Mew. Um, And it's also getting a lot more value early on in the game because there's uh, Ultraball now in the format, which uh, means there's more Crobats and Luminion V coming into play quickly. So Zapdos is live for one attachment from turn one against a good amount of matchups, actually. Um, if people are trying to develop like multiple basics and whatnot. So um, I think there's a very easy build of Arceus that's just playing the Glarion birds and maybe a couple other dark mons in there. And I think that's pretty low to the ground and reasonable. Arceus seems very strong going first and um, is still probably unfavored even with all the dark stuff going second into Mew, provided they actually pop off with Sparkle and attack you. Um, so it's not actually like that crazy. It's not as simple as just like, Der Moltres wins me this game. Um, because sometimes Mew is just going to outrace regardless, but because you're forced to knock out Meloetta most of the time. So, so it's not I'm, as simple as that. I know we yeah, weren't so. supposed to
0: talk about Mew, but you said as long as Mew just doesn't go Meloetta turn one and knock you out. How often is that happening?
1: It is much more consistent.
0: <laughs> it, is,
1: it is much more consistent. So Ultra Ball opens up Phone to be like far, far stronger opening turn. So it's not just cram heads flips anymore. It's also uh like phone hitting the big cards, right? Hitting the sparkle itself, hitting the fusion energy itself, or hitting like VIP pass to go wide early on. So ultra ball means that you just have way less bricks. It takes away like some of the weakest cards currently in the deck, be it like the switch cups, the great balls, those sorts of cards. And you just go, you know, high for crystal count, four quick, four VIP, four ultra you really just churn through that deck now even more than ever. You don't mind seeing the three copies of Sparkle because uh, sometimes two to play is good, but just seeing one early and then having so much good redundancy of just pitching with Ultra Ball now and Quick Ball is just crazy. Um, so yeah, it's it's actually bizarre that whenever I go back onto Standard now, I feel like Mew is a brick, <laughs> which is like so bizarre to think about Standard Mew being like probably the most consistent deck we've ever seen in Pokemon. And <laughs> After playing with Ultra Ball, you just feel it so much that you're, like, crossing your fingers over one heads so or crossing your fingers over a Great Ball. And that's just kind of, like, gone now. So Mew is actually probably the biggest winner from the set, which is super scary to say. Uh, but that's just because Geneset makes such good value of Ultra Ball, which is already a nuts card.
0: So that Arceus caveat of going first is great when Mew doesn't get the Meloetta is essentially... No,
1: yeah, it's great going first whenever... Uh, because as long as you can put a one prize active, right? That's basically the mission for every deck, right? <laughs> if you're going first against Mew, get a one-prizer in the active position. Make them high roll with that, with catchers if they're fitting those into a deck, even with Ultrable now. Uh, or make them hit, like, the rope plays. Make mm-hmm. them have everything. Um, that's the only thing you can really do. Um, so my checklist for most decks now is shoving in random one-prize Pokemon <laughs> that give you a bit of value that can be a punching bag turn one against Mew if you've gone first. Because if they take those two prizes, they've won, almost always, I think. <laughs> because even, like, fans don't stop them anymore because they have double turbo energy. Like, there's so many... Like, the counterplay is basically puff and cheese them,
0: or um, only give up that one prize turn one. Yeah. That's... I'm going to say discourage, but... It's scary, it but can't it, because... can't be that it, bad. It's, it, I mean... It's, yeah, maybe I'm being a bit sort
1: of facetious and saying that like they always get it and whatnot, but um, it feels like if you want to have a solid new game plan, you need to be like very pure to one prize, mm-hmm. play like some path stuff, or play what we've seen with Sir fetch recently, which is like play Cincino engine and like the Clara package or whatever, draw a ton of cards, just say that you don't play any hand disruption, and uh, attack them like three times with bird or whatever.
0: Yeah, okay. that's. That seems fair I, I guess i did kind of forget that like bird does still exist. So anyway, go back go back to your arceus it's adp birds all over again except we've lost the dialogue in the fuck yeah. basically <laughs> yeah and then my my next favorite
1: uh, arceus deck is duraludon arceus um it so, feels like the greens deck of the format for me
0: is that a real oh, like i get it because duraludon's biggest weakness has always been setting up but like that's not a meme that's actually better than the zashian version
1: it's performing like really good for me, I think. Yeah. Because I think the bigger problem for Duraludon, other than being like a bricky pile sort of thing, is that it just lacks so much tempo. It gives up three turns to just do stuff and tries to catch up. Whereas now you go first and you turn to Arceus attack. That's like ridiculous pressure. Mm-hmm. You've got six energy on the board. And like if they're even if they're gusting a two fifty hit point basic Duraludon, <laughs> you just put down the next one right and attack with arceus again and set up the next one so they have to get through a lot of meat just in general the ability is good but now you're in the like case of just a tempo deck that also has the v-style power that gives you the nuts right (laughs) so you just don't whiff and you're actually a fast deck but you also have that fallback plan of the ability sometimes just der wins games yeah so that's one of my best performing decks actually right now in the format i would definitely put it tier one
0: I love to hear that after you came on and absolutely hated on Duraludon. Yeah, I mean, I don't do
1: these things just to, like, have a stance. I, I look at, like, how the games have gone, and, like, objectively looking at the Duraludon deck, it wins because its ability says it wins, right? And the yeah. deck itself is just useless. Uh, but now the list is actually good and still has the ability, so it's, like, just a very good deck.
0: No, that's that's exciting to hear, because... I hate to use the word pile to describe a deck, but if I were to ever describe a deck as a pile of cards, the current around yeah, I, mean, like,
1: I mean, you look at Adventurous Discovery and you objectively think, this can't be the right way to play this deck, <laughs> right? But uh,
0: Somehow.
1: But yeah, somehow it's the best of what we have in standard, but it gets way cleaner uh, next set, I think. Okay. So those are my favorite uh, Arceus decks. I think there's also, I know in Japan, Arceus Ice Rider is super mm-hmm. popular. Uh, Sylveon gets a bit of a boost by having Arceus. Um, there's a lot of things that can reasonably just gov in an Arceus, like thin line and it's never terrible especially decks that play like Capture. Mm-hmm. I've actually enjoyed Suicune um with like a 1-1 package of Arceus or even a 2-2 with one double turbo energy because realistically it also enables you to make like boss plays later on by attacking with Arceus and Double attaching to a Suicune on the bench it means that you're always getting a boss play in, which is like kind of not always the case with Suicune unless they're gusting low tabs because they're scared. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really nice like mini package uh, in decks that play captures or just play the eight ball search anyway. You can justify it a lot. I think the cards just like just that ability is crazy, right? And we have basically no other good V star powers to use right now, like maybe uh, Leafy on. Uh, so, why would you not just? hit double cram heads
0: right <laughs> basically is what you're doing <laughs> in the worst description ever of the card uh I mean, but yeah when you describe it like that it is definitely <laughs> kind of scary spicy, <laughs> right? yeah yeah and so, it's also um, what 280 hp as a bench sitter which that's is right very yeah. beefy very few decks are gonna boss ko a two prize 280 hp bench sitter like Mm-hmm. I, I, and it's it's just, just mean by it. having
1: Raihan in your deck, you can also, like, make it an attacker, right? You can just mm-hmm. Raihan for the attachment and then go ahead and search the deck for, like, even if you're playing one or two copies of Double Turbo, it then becomes a threat that powers up your board. So it's just, like, very useful. You can force them to go through a 288.2 Prizer at the same time.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we're high on Arceus so far. It sounds like-
1: Arceus is great. Yeah, yeah. Arceus okay. is what it's hyped up to be. Uh, As a tech in a lot of decks, but also, like, it's probably the face of at least a couple uh, archetypes.
0: Have you played... This is the one that I keep coming back to, except the fact fighting Pokemon exists. Just like a quad Arceus, Charon's Care. The deck that they're clearly trying to give us this format. Yeah, I don't
1: think think it gives us enough against Mew, and that really is the long story short. I don't think you have enough uh, against them. Uh, Because, like, Sharon's Care is kind of good, but 280 is not actually that big against a lot of things. Like, Single Strike is always going to, like, knock through you. Ludicolo will knock through you. Ice Rider will knock through you. And Mew can knock through you as well. So you actually don't do Sharon's Care at all. right? You have one in your deck and maybe sometimes it happens. But if you're getting hit with an Arceus anyway, you're already very ahead in a prize race. You'd rather just boss most of the time and get further ahead. Right? So uh, I don't think Sharon's Care is that good. I don't mind just, like, um, RCS with a Dunsparce and with Inteleon pings, because after you've used your Starbirth you are lacking that bit of draw. So mm-hmm. whether it's Inteleon or whether it's Babarrel or whatnot, um, you like having that little bit extra supplement. Um, but yeah, I don't think it does enough just as a colorless poke.
0: Okay. That's what really makes sense. But the part of me that loved Acerola and loved that idea of, like, Zoropod was my preference over Zoro Rock. I just sure. give me one turn to put this thing back in my hand, and suddenly I'm ahead on the prize race, and Mm. I keep coming back to that idea, but everything you said makes perfect sense. Yeah. So outside, of I wanted Arceus, to try it too. Yeah. <laughs> outside of Arceus. Uh, we said we get nothing really new. So
1: so fire is like the next sort of like tempting thing, right? That stadium is pretty tempting. It's good acceleration. Mm-hmm. Um, is anti-ludicolo allow- yes. ever better than Suicune? So you don't actually have the space for the whole thing because the annoying thing about ente right is so ludicolo plays suicune plays like no stadiums right the ludicolo build or it plays one maybe whereas ente needs to fit spaces for four and like lots of switch cards because you can't just play balloon because ente has the chunky retreat cost so it's really hard like you actually need to play switches and ropes so that's like eight more spaces You need to play in the Entei list, which is a lot of spaces when you're trying to be a candy deck. Mm -hmm. So either you play like Ludicolo without the Inteleon, which sounds disgusting, or you play um, Inteleon without the Ludicolo and you're lacking the burst potential. Um, But you are fast. That's like the good news for you, right? Because you have the stadium, you can try and come into the active and get that early tempo, like KO. Um, but it doesn't really like see you through to that mid-late game unless you go boxy with it with different type coverage mons or you try the Charizard, but then again, a lot of your space is dedicated to like non-fast cards like Raihan and maybe EXP share, these sorts of things, and it doesn't feel that good. So you're like watering down your own deck. So I don't think fire is going to be great unless you get techy with it. Um, so it's probably not going to see like the heights right now. I don't think there's enough there just in terms of good fire attackers.
0: Okay, that makes sense, because I felt like Entei was getting all of the hype initially, or a lot of the hype initially, and then suddenly yeah. no one said anything about it ever again.
1: <laughs> I, was, I was one of the people really hyped about Entei as well, because yeah. just thinking about how good Suicune's been when it's been having to staple a Melanie to its turn every game, mm-hmm. whereas Entei has the flexibility to boss and the flexibility to research a lot more, because your acceleration's through Stadium. Um, so I really was excited for it, but just the space it takes up to negotiate the ente the entire time is really awkward and it's actually just hard to find the stadium right we have no card that can chew to the stadium. Yeah. Um so I mean, you, you have to drizzile. do Yeah exactly. You got <laughs> drizzle, but that's turn two, right? And you want to attack turn one yeah. if you're gonna be this tempo two prizer The only other thing that I haven't explored enough is like cape of toughness and heat fire energy and try and just be big uh chunky fire stuff, right? Put yourself up to three hundred hit points. And like, try and slow roll the opponent a bit more, and not have basin, just have other acceleration okay. like Raihan.
0: That was going to be my question, um, like, but magma basin damages you, so it sounds silly. yeah,
1: exactly. So it's a it's counterintuitive to the fire support that we already have in the game. Hmm. Um, but that's the that's like the last ditch effort I'll try with fire before just not playing it again for a bit.
0: <laughs> Is like Victini ever the move with magma basin, or I mean? <sighs>
1: you get some turn one tempo players, but Victini, as we know it right now, is a quad deck and its win rate is based on path and hammer, right? So I don't even know if... I mean, you can keep those hammers (laughs) Yeah, you can keep the hammers. But then you also need to play switch cards, right? Because Basin's only the bench, so it's like, it takes so much space. Wait, it's only to the bench? Yeah, it's only to the bench. It's a Malamar.
0: Oh, that's not as good as I thought it was.
1: That's what makes it, yeah, that's what makes it that little bit more awkward.
0: Always read your cards, kids. I uh that first day on PTCGO I hundred percent would have just clicked on it and then been really upset that I can't click on the right Pokemon. Yeah.
1: Otherwise you could do some really cool stuff like Rotom Phone and Fleet Footed to try and hit the stadium that bit more. I've tried stuff like that. Yeah. Um but yeah. And Unfortunately it doesn't work out like that.
0: You can play Kindler.
1: I mean, it's a card that exists, so I don't know if you'd <laughs> ever play it. <laughs> like maybe if you're playing Inteleon Engine or Lumineon, you play like one, but I feel like look at seven cards, even if you're picking two of anything you want, it's not that strong, and uh, you have so much discard already for fire now with quick and ultra ball, it's never an issue, so it's not really filling a niche that you need too much, unless like you have drawn into a hand of like two plus basin and two plus fire, and you just don't want to research. It's like such a specific case where you don't just want to dump and draw. Yeah.
0: No, that totally makes sense. It's like, in theory there's synergy with a lot of stuff, but also research exists. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Literally that, yeah. Uh,
0: What are some other things that you've... Ooh, wait, one more fire deck that we have to mention. Mm -hmm. Leonzard, tier one or tier S? (laughs) Uh,
1: That's what Rahul had, right, on his his (laughs) tier list. He put it super high. I think so. And uh, unironically, um, it did get a lot of stuff. Like, Manaphy actually lets us look at one prizes so that they're not memes. So in general, Leonzard is one of the higher power level uh, single prizes out there because it can one-hit KO Vmaxes eventually, right? Mm. And uh, more consistently than before, because you don't have to play the Leon to get to 330, you can Choice Belt and have them all in the bin, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, so I've tried it, and Cincino is actually like a monster, monster buff to this deck, because you actually get to keep, uh, what's it called? Call for Family, right? Yeah. For two mons. To not just like insta-brick. So that is like massive for the deck. Um Cincino Engine I'm really, really enjoying, uh, to be honest. And uh Charizard gives you extra push enjoying potential period as well.
0: Or enjoying in the Leon's art deck specifically? Uh
1: enjoying period. Like okay. it's better for like the Sir Fetch deck. Um mm-hmm. I've tried it with like Ice like a speedy water build, which is like trying to hit the turn one Melanie because we have Crobat and Luminion now mm-hmm. and Ultra Ball. So we have like more discard cards to actually hit the turn one Melanie. Um and then you just have Cincino like backing you up. Um to draw like late game the Leon choice belt combo for your Ice Rider, mm-hmm. essentially.
0: Okay. Um
1: so uh Cincino's just cracked, honestly, next set. I think it gets way better. Like just look at how good of Inteleon was and how often like Joltion got bailed out by uh just uh keep calling from Sobble. Yep. Now you staple that onto Cincino, it's like so, so good. But yeah, anyway, Leon's hard hits high damage, it still gets ruined by its own prizes, um, and it gets ruined by its own battle sense sometimes, because you need to play like three ordinary rod, you need to play um like uh Roseanne's backup is actually a big card for the deck because it can get you back basin, it can get you back choice belt, and it can get just fire energy back and extra Charizard pieces or like Charmeleon or something, so that you can survive on like just the candies on their own. So it's actually like gained some big cards and it's been like okay in testing. But i don't think it's good i don't think it's like crazy good especially because i think there'll be faster one prizes yeah. that will just feast on you anyway so it's like the rapid mallies or the mad parties or those sorts of decks whichever one comes out on top will just bully like the stage two version that we get from you know Leon or you know the torterra deck or whatever you <laughs> want, want to go for right uh are, are uh, you gonna, gonna, gonna prove that
0: torterra deserves to be mentioned or okay no i mean it's um. it's terrible <laughs> I did not get to watch that stream, but I was told about that stream.
1: <laughs> it's terrible.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, sorry to everyone listening who likes Portera, but I, <laughs> uh, don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. No one's shocked. Yeah. So I'm in love with, and I told you this when we started, I'm in love with the janky one prize. That's always been my go-to. The Buzzgarb shrines of the world, the Grand Bulls of the world. or that uh, My heart is with them. Mostly because mm-hmm. I can brick for three turns and still win the game. <laughs> yeah but uh, We're just having more than four turns that's oh, crazy it's so nice it's so freaking good <laughs> uh, what are some of those other like one prize that you already mentioned mad party and rapid strike mally i don't know if you want to jump into any of those or what are some other ones that we should be looking out for for yeah. people like me who want to play the they the good so Jank. i know that good yes yeah, so i know there's hype
1: for mad party but i think it's still quite bad just because it loses to intellion engines and it still loses to dromedon straight away and I rate, like, a lot of those pretty high. Uh, but I think Rapid Strike Mally, uh is is pretty good, to be honest. I think um, Mew is a bad matchup if they play Oracorio, but otherwise it's usually a good matchup. It's literally down to that breakpoint of how many cards you see from Cynthia's Aspiration. Um, plus whatever you can do with your shady dealings that turn. Yeah. And for um, what it's worth, because so-
0: I've recently figured this one out, so I do have to say it for anyone who doesn't do the math at home. Oracorio makes you need nine cards instead of eight, which is absolutely yep. freaking massive amount of cards.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's basically just not happening for that malian unless your Cynthia draws you purely rapid strike cards. <laughs> uh basically. And you hit like a net that then lets you pick up artillery <laughs> for two more, right? So yeah. um but yeah, I think that deck's actually pretty good. It bullies like Single strike decks. It's really good into Arceus decks as well because 280 is such an easy threshold when you have the Cynthia now. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's like a pretty solid deck, actually. Uh, one of my favorite uh, single prizes. I also think the Cawthorn deck gains a lot uh, just by having Manaphy. So you don't just have the horrible matchup spread that you used to have, which was like bullying some decks and completely crumbling against others.
0: I, I'm still um, amazed at how often I beat Jolteon on that deck. Like, yeah. It's. Weezing's good. <laughs> Are you still playing Weezing in the. The dagger so back to the, the Moltres first version. thing I cut the first thing I cut was Well it's weezing. been a great podcast I'll talk to you <laughs>
1: later. <laughs> but so so uh the reason why you're beating the jolchon right is because oh, it's uh,
0: wheezing it's wheezing 100%. Weezing.
1: But now you can one card Manaphy wins that and you gain so much space for the consistency and, <laughs> and choice belt now which is really good for math fixing with the bird especially with uh quick shooting pings it can come online way quicker Uh, And it's even good for uh, Sableye reaching as well. So it's really, really good. I think Uh, the the Cawthorn deck makes a lot of sense right now, especially if you're just like kind of don't know what to play, but at least want to have a
0: good Mew. I feel like that's a really decent choice. And There's a lot of people listening to this. Well, we never even talked about if we thought locals are going to come back, but let's assume (laughs) locals come back. At least one of you listening to this, and I'm probably looking at myself in the mirror, are going to say 19 of the 25 people at this League Cup are playing Mew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it is the perfect deck for that, because now, like you said, the belt is going to help fix some of the stuff in there. Like the Oricorio meant that they need to take one more prize to KO mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. of the Moltres. And now you're going to need, oh, I think it's three is the official number now. five ten. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Versus with the Oricorio, they need to have taken four prizes, which is putting you on a very, very sketchy clock.
1: So yeah, that's yeah.
0: a, that's a big difference maker for sure. So yeah. Uh, good deck. But, oh, I was going to ask a follow-up question for that one. We've seen the Japanese list. Well, I've seen the Japanese list. That plays the Galarian Zapdos V with the Hoopa Moltres, etc. deck. Are you testing that one for the Arceus and Gengar match? You don't need it for Gengar. Gengar's free. But are you playing (laughs) that for the Arceus matchups and whatnot? Or are you just
1: straight? Yeah, so Arceus has has actually been one of the hardest matchups. And one of the only reasons that I've actually thought about keeping Weezing in is so that they can't V-star power, (laughs) right? Um... So you try and just, like, keep them off attacking like you would any other deck, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, the Zapdos, again, is a space-efficient way of actually trying to solve that matchup, because 280 is such a slog for you to get through in that early game. You just have no upfront pressure, right? And throwing, like, four hoopers at them is terrible. And, like, it's just (laughs) such a bad deal. And they've already got all their attackers powered up. They're going to make you try and go through two Arceus as well if it's, like, a pure Arceus deck, which is just so much meat to get through. So, um, yeah, I think... It's a worthy include if you're expecting a lot of Arceus. Um, if you just want to go straight, like you can, um, but it's going to be a dicey matchup, I think.
0: Speaking of the the V Star stuff, just a real quick of like, I haven't played that matchup, but I can confirm. I played Nazul Subturney and I played against Glaceon on V Star with the Hoopa Moltres deck. That was a really tough matchup because two prizers with 260 HP are really frustrating, especially pre choice yeah. belt. So I can yeah. <laughs> only imagine 280 is uh and especially on a good card instead of glaceon is yeah even harder yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's rough that's rough and if they were to play the random sharon's or whatever then you are crying yeah. oh yeah that's just ggs at that
0: point like mm-hmm. okay it's a consideration there uh mad party's bad i think that's fair when we had when we had ldf on i was like all right ldf sell me on mad party he's like bro that thing's gotta suck quick shooting exists and i was like oh okay <laughs> No. Clearly, it's not it, good. Do, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I tried putting in like a one-one Gorobis and oh man, it's just not worth the not worth the effort.
0: Yeah. Now you play it with a Zoroark right? And so you play a sure. zero-one. You're you're not into <laughs> this. You've already <laughs> <laughs> sure. Tell me, Wormadam as well. Like, why not? Yeah. But why not Wormadam? <laughs> it's just Vespiquen Night March all over again, right? <laughs> Wait. Genius. <laughs> See, now we're in. Uh what is it gonna say? Oh, so single prize decks, it sounds like Rapid Mally pretty darn high on. Moltres Hoopa, you're also fairly high on. Uh Leonzard less so.
1: Yeah. It's at functional point. now. Yeah. It's,
0: there we go. That's something at least, right? Yeah. And Torterra doesn't even exist. Yeah. What are some Doesn't other... Exist. So, so far, we know Mew is good, right? And Arceus, it seems like it's a matter of what is the best at the time, what is going to be good with, like, there's just a lot of yeah. questions, and the answer to all of them is yes. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, there's, there's different degrees of yes, but basically I don't <laughs> think any Arceus deck should fall below, like, tier two, just because you have the high roll of the V-star power to have, like, the optimal turn, basically. Uh so yeah I think Arceus will just inherently be v- very decent. I think um there's going to be a number of like fighting plus dark decks in the meta naturally because of that as well. Like you want to have the answer to Mew and Arceus is weak to fighting so the likes of the surf fetch deck loves the new Mincino uh, the new Mincino as well. So I think that has a lot of potential. Um obviously single strike both the Gengar and the Urshifu. uh gain a lot actually. Options a big deal for the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously you're a setup deck, so any additional cards you can get turn one from bigger crowbat digs, um, is massive. Uh, especially if it can hit, hit like Cap G, then you're like laughing, right? <laughs> such a big card for the for the Umbreon list. Um, yeah. so I really like that, and just the fact that you've been playing like Great Ball or VIP Pass just to fill the void in that deck. Uh, now being replaced with Ultra Ball is such a big upgrade for you. So the Gengar deck appreciates that as well. Uh, It's a really nice include for those sorts of things. And it can even fix some weird like um, hands where you've drawn too many of the energies, right? You can just have extra discard energy and reload them. Uh, So it gives you some nice redundancy there as well. Uh, So yeah, I think Single Strike gains a good amount uh, just because it's one of the brickier decks. We've seen that like because you're not playing Intellion, you brick more than most other things. Uh, So just getting some percentage points is a big, big deal for the archetype when it already has... like. The ability to wall break Duraladon, the weakness on Mew and Arceus, it just feels like a well-rounded choice for the most part. There's not too many matchups that you're terrified of outside of, like, Suicune or Ice Rider.
0: Is this just the Tina Tags argument all over again? Which is like, the the deck has answers for everything, the deck, you know, is going to brick all the time, but also, <laughs> you beat this, you beat this, you have this thing, your late game is this. Like, you know, everything is like, you have the answer to literally everything except how to not go 0 2
1: Yeah. It's it's a lovely on-paper deck, for sure. For sure. And it's just navigating the hands is mm-hmm. your biggest issue most of the time. You're not as afraid of your opponent. You're mostly afraid of yourself.
0: Are you playing Luminion in it? Or is that still like this? Uh, so,
1: yeah, so um, I've had double bat, and I, I'm enjoying double bat the most, but uh, batfish is also really good. It means that you don't need to always have Umbreon like, developed to be able to be Reliably bossing, which is like a really big deal sometimes for the deck. Uh, so I can see it being a uh, 1 1 split, or even if you have a space, go 2 1 if you really want to. uh But it's still a tight deck, obviously, especially if you're trying to fit in Choice Belt, which I think is weird because I think I've had it at 3 count, 2 count, and 1 count, and 0 count <laughs> because you are still a pile at the end of the day. So I've tried all of the renditions of how much you want Choice Belt because it's such a big deal for Umbreon, right? Umbreon goes from like stupid 160 up to 180 up to 210 so nicely or up to 220 with double single strike energy yeah uh so it's such a such a big deal to actually be like pointing at what you want to kill turn two and cosplay as an arceus basically um <laughs> that's essentially what that deck does or Mew right
0: yeah so you're just a bad Mew and a bad arc <laughs> <laughs>
1: well you're dark that's the good news there we yeah. go
0: uh, so obviously this is a call thing but are you leaning more towards Umbreon are we leaning more towards the Urshifu are we back to the weird 3-2 split of each like how um, like what, what are you thinking feels the best so far as a starting point
1: yeah I, I still think I would probably be at at least a couple Urshifu VMAX because I also really like Duraludon and I just want to have an answer for it um, I don't so. think you're
0: doing this content creator thing right you're supposed to <laughs> say Vmax is bad, and then win a tournament with on, get the clicks, and then win a tournament. You're uh, too, my... honest, yeah. too honest. Too <laughs>
1: honest. Uh, and I've always been a bigger fan of the Umbreon build personally. Like, I've never been a massive fan of Gengar. It feels too one de- uh, dimensional for me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're having to play Path of the Peaks just to improve a Mew matchup when you're a pure dark deck, <laughs> that's like, come on. <laughs> you know, that really is like, do your job,
0: please. That was one of my favorite asking a Gengar player this format, but it's like, what if you just cut the paths and take the L to Duraladon because no one plays it at the tournament they were going to go to, and they're like, oh, I need it to beat Mew. Like, yeah, I think you need a new deck. Like, yeah. correct. Yeah.
1: yeah, pretty sad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Urshifu's is baked in deal with Duraladon and is good against the Arceus, right? So it's just uh, a solid card again, I think, or like is has a lot more benefits to it than pure Gengar.
0: Have we gone much into, have you gone much into pure Gengar? Not we, I've done none of this. But it, se- it seems in uh, theory, right? Like, you can OCO stuff with that second attack and the Choice Belt. Is that a realistic choice, yeah. thing?
1: Belt is solid, for sure. And like I was saying, with Zapdos being solid, um, it means that uh, there's just more Vs around. So the Gengar hits higher damage output for two attachments. But also Zapdos being around makes a pure Gengar deck much worse. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it just feels way less we- uh, well-rounded to me. Like, your matchup spreads go from, like, relatively evens across the board with the Urshifu build to just, like, good and bad, good and bad, good and bad. So you're much more, like, targeting than being, like, a well-rounded deck yourself.
0: Gotcha. So your idea is, like, Gengar seems like a meta <clears throat> of, like, into certain for things sure. it's probably absolutely good, but otherwise it's...
1: Yeah. Okay. I think it will crumble to some matchups, and that's just a bad feeling for me as a player.
0: That's good to know. But like you said, you've mentioned Zapdos multiple times already, which is Mm -hmm. terrifying for Gengar, because Gengar probably has to Crobat once, or Luminion or whatever, and you have to have your Mm -hmm. Gengar down, and that's just a Raihan away, or two turns away, from just getting... Yep.
1: And if they play Moltres e-switch as well, like, that's... is normally Zapdos with Galarian Moltres. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's actually live for them, like, a good amount. Yeah.
0: What else? Before we get into some questions from Twitch chat, what is at least one more deck that you're like, this has been something or something that you want to test? Maybe your channel hasn't gotten around to it yet, or you want to revisit it more because it turned out to be less of a meme than you thought. <laughs> or what is, what is one more thing?
1: Sure. Uh, I think Ice Rider, a lot of people are looking towards just because of the the damage potential that it has now with Belt. I think it's a real temptation to be able to instant respond on in Arceus without hitting for weakness and having the reach on Mew. I think it does kind of crumble as long as Mew actually plays Oricorio. I've always been anti oricorio so but the stats are showing that it's like more popular than Knots right now in the format, which I find really weird because you want to draw more cards with Genesis the entire <laughs> time. But that's re- that's again like beside the point.
0: Uh, I but keep yeah, sitting Ice here Rider... as the Hoopa player, like just cut it. It's not good anymore. Just cut it. <laughs> <laughs> and they just keep yeah. not. It just makes our actually so much better.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Ice Rider. I think. I'm liking Tempo Ice Rider more than like a Arceus Ice Rider or just the Parthy build, um, you know, with Inteleons. I think I like aggro, fish, bats, hit straight away with Suicune. I think it's really good damage potential now with Choice Belt early on, but you actually one shot Mew, Genesect, uh, and a lot of other things like pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And it helps you race pretty effectively. So. I definitely uh, I'm interested in ice, like speedy Ice Rider builds, um, that has it as a finisher and an answer to to Arceus and could even be playing spicy cross switches as well for like late game potential. So um uh, that's like the last thing that I'm still toying with, but I've been all over the place with Ice Rider, like started with Inteleon, tried um a pure Arceus, tried it with Arceus and Inteleon, and now we're on to like the speedy build, which I'm like kind of happiest with. That's also because it plays Cincino and Encino <laughs> is pretty cracked
0: right now. Yeah. So how fast is the speedy build where you're willing to bench Crobats and Luminions? Because those are just boss technoblast away from losing three turns. Yeah, but
1: if you took the first two, it doesn't matter, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you took the first two, you're doing the same thing back to them. So you're consistently which... like not only going very fast, but you're consistently getting the Melanie attach. Oh, Melanie Attach. Attach
1: happens a ton, right? Because you play double bat fish and eight ball search outs now. And I, my favorite one-prizer is Mew from Celebrations, actually. It's Ooh. a far cry from Jirachi, but it's, like, by far my favorite punching bag in the game. Uh, because <laughs> it is, it's is—it's really good with Arceus. It's really good with, like, any of these speedy two-prize decks. Mm-hmm. So I think there will be a number of these decks that is trying to go pure two- and one-prize only. Uh, like, I also think there's a potential for a pure Galarian Moltres deck because Choice Belt improves its numbers up to 220 so nicely. Um, so you can have that and have the fallback of, like, the Clara thing as well. Mm-hmm. But have uh, the Mew in the opening helping you hit, like, E-Searches, Quick Ball, Ultra Ball, that sort of thing because they're so integral to Galarian Moltres actually setting up in the first place. So, uh, yeah, that's, like, my favorite one-prize card a uh, Pokemon in the format outside of, like, the evolving stuff.
0: So you're telling me, the way to combat Meloetta in Mew is with your own Mew to take baby Mew.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. He betray. He's betraying himself. Yeah, uh, you need a punch bag. It's like a hundred percent mandatory, I think. And if it brings Mew to the point where it has to play. Catches like it does sometimes now mm-hmm. it's like fine do what you want like <laughs> you're taking out spaces for so many good cards and you're flipping heads on not only cram but catcher on me as well it's like yeah good for you buddy
0: <laughs> i mean yeah have you considered just flipping heads that's yeah that's true
1: you can't do much about that unfortunately
0: one more important question before we get into some questions from twitch chat which we have quite a few questions from chat but uh You have yet to mention one of my favorite cards, which is the Beaver, Bibarel, B-Barrel, sorry, we're going to pronounce it, your official TPCI caster, I gotta, I gotta bring my, my proper, your B-Barrels, why are you not mentioning Sushi Master Volume?
1: uh it's mostly because of how much i love mincino actually and uh stupid bidoof
0: does, does nothing for you right <laughs> he doesn't do anything we, uh, we just lost so... half of our listenership after calling bidoof stupid i hope you know that <laughs>
1: <laughs> well he's stupid compared to mincino and sobble right <laughs> these these guys are so busted when you start with them and you're bricking uh because they just do so much i think uh people fine i can see him being like a bit part player here and there um but he's just so much slower than fish and bat, right? He's mm-hmm. not doing anything to turn one. And if you want to be a fast deck, you need to still play those. I mean, you can play him in those like mostly 2 prize decks as just getting you some incremental value. Um, and you know he helps you fish towards boss and whatnot and still get your attachment and this, that, and the other. So he's not bad, obviously. Um, but I think I would mostly... Because I also want so many... Like I want to have at least four one prize Pokemon that can just be a punch bag anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm ever going to play that thick of a the barrel, but I'll always play that thick of a Cincinnati or Inteleon. But I just want those in the active because punch bag is so important. Yeah. <laughs> like realistically, like we've tested so much Mew. We've tested like 200 <laughs> games against Mew already, and oh like I can't think of a better answer. Like <laughs> outside of just I've cheesed you with a path and I've managed you and it's worked somehow. Um, it's like. It's such a bad feeling it's much better to just have a punch bag honestly
0: i guess one more more thing then th- okay first off the call for family is a very good argument i want to mm-hmm. i want to say that that is convincing me more than i thought it would because like you said using keep calling in a rapid strike deck is one oh, of the best is. feelings in the world because suddenly you're like <laughs> yeah, i can yeah. attack on turn two sick i no yeah. longer lose the game so that's yeah. a super good argument but uh yeah Oh my gosh, now I forgot where I was going to go with this. Oh, we've been ignoring it, but we have to reach the elephant in the room, or the... What the heck is a Mew? (laughs) It's it's like a cat, right? Like, it's a cat. We're going to go to the purple... The pink cat in the room. Don't sell me too much, but... Mew. Why is Mew the BDIF still? Well, um...
1: In standard right now, its lowest win rate matchup is like 41%. <laughs> uh, and it it gets better and more consistent at what it does best. And it's less weak to Fan now, which is like a big uh, counterplay that at least like the Suicune deck does. And all these other decks try and throw in Fan here and there if they're Inteleon based. Like Jolteon tries to do it as well to buy those turns to breathe. Uh and that just doesn't work because they're double turbo now. So as long as they like hit their double turbo or cram heads at like mid-game, uh they still kill you. And it means from a zero energy board they can still not only kill you, but they can boss kill you as well. So it's like even better in the mid-game than it was and more consistent in the early game. So I just think Yeah, the deck is even more crazy. Um actually. So it the meta's gonna be even more warped, I think, towards Path Dark and whichever the best path-slash-dark deck that can beat the other decks in the format is, like, a really good formula.
0: Gengar is both path and dark.
1: But it does lose to lots of things. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's not, like, it's not broad enough of a deck to not get countered by a Zapdos kicking it in the head, basically. Right. That instantly wins the matchup.
0: Which is, I'm all for it. I love one-card tax. I'm all for Welcome Zapdos, our new anti-Gengar overlord. (laughs) So, and this is the me testing for Salt Lake City in like three weeks. Counts of Mew that you have tested. How many double turbo energies have you messed around with? And uh, what's felt good or not felt good for that?
1: Uh, So two and one. Uh, I think you always play the four fusion. I think, again, I respect uh, Duraladon, so I'm still playing two Psychic and I'm at two um, court, and I'm either between one and two double turbos. I think one's felt the best just because it's an extra speed card, basically. Um, and it's just such a get-out-of-jail-free card if you've like whiffed on a turn, dare I say it, with Mew, um, that you're still like in the game and not worried. All so. right,
0: so let's go ahead and get into some questions from Twitch chat. So the first one is from Mr. Darth Bean. How do two to three prize decks survive matching up into newly buffed one prizers? Are decks like Arceus, Ice Rider, forced into Inteleon builds to improve those matchups and keep the top spots in the meta?
1: So I think Arceus decks naturally are pretty decent just because they have such high hit points in the opening stages that normally Arceus is tanking hits early on. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, So I don't think it's necessarily a big problem there. Um, I think, you know, uh, single-strike can try and attack with its uh, Hound Hours and Hound Dooms and even more Peko, which I think is pretty decent, actually, uh, recently to help the you match up and stay uh, you know, off the prize race or force them onto odd prizes when you're trying to use two prizes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are pretty reasonable. I do think that um, Malamar's so linear that you can try and force that map the way you want to even though you are playing two and three prizes so trying to like promote that three prize as early as possible um to try and make them have like the nuts before they hit big shady inteleon or like lots of cincinos whichever build they're going for um you can try and sponge that hit then go back onto the bench so i don't think it's like unsurmountable for any of these decks and Obviously, we know Inteleon has good precedent in the past to be good against uh, one-prizes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, that still should be decent.
0: Okay, that makes sense. It sounds like there's just like a lot of ways. <laughs> like As hype as we were on one-prizes, there's, there's a lot of ways that they keep
1: it. It's not the like game. they're just going to dominate, right? It's not like two and three-prizes still aren't good. They're, of course, still broken for a reason. One-prizes struggle with like so many issues. It wasn't <laughs> just Manaphy that unlocks everything.
0: I really was hoping you were going to say it was Manaphy that unlocks everything. <laughs> Give me a six-turn a six turn game that takes 20 minutes. I'm in. Yeah. DeerOxable asks, now Regionals are being held in the Brilliant Stars format, what deck would you bring to one? So what would be your number one deck, let's say, Regionals this weekend for some reason?
1: It would be Mew. <laughs> um sorry uh, i was someone that played peeker on that played adp that played best deck in format i'm very much someone that I mean, doesn't care ne- about anything
0: else never apologize for playing peeker that is yeah. a positive not a negative
1: <laughs> yeah i think for what it's worth my second favorite choice right now is Arceus steradon i think it has a lot of legs
0: so to go off the like i always play the best deck in format is that something that you would recommend to people going to regionals? Just is like a a kind of a blanket of like, oh, I'm really unsure, you know, don't have much experience with doing a meta game or stuff like that. Is it sometimes as simple as we'll just play the best deck forehead?
1: I've one decks playing rogues and counterpicks, and I've one I've one playing with best decks. It's normally way easier with the best deck because they do the best things. Um and normally the stats are like just So I mean when it's mu specifically. When you just get to outdraw every other deck, it's just such a hard argument to say that you shouldn't play it. Because, like I said, I, looking at Trainer Hill, like having the worst matchups be like 40% is fine, right? Mm-hmm. In best of threes, 40% and you're drawing well almost every game and the opponent isn't drawing well almost every game, you still win that two out of three like, very, very often. So it's like... If you're beating counter-decks and pretty solidly beating most other decks, you're going to be fine, you know? Uh, so uh, for me specifically, it's just far, far better than other decks. So even the <clears throat> rogue or counter-play argument is a hard one to, to get your head around.
0: That is something... So people go into best-of-three with of like a couple of mindsets. One is you only have to set up two out of three times, and the other one is exactly like you said. Why don't you just set up every game? And then you pretty much take a guaranteed game against those people that are like, you only got to set up twice. Yeah. So it sounds like when the Mew level of consistency, you're kind of like, just be the consistent yeah. one.
1: And, you know, people, <clears throat> I've been to, you know, day one worlds and people have played decks that are like weak against the strongest deck in format as well and hope to only hit them twice. Like there's multiple ways you can get a 6-2-1 record and make day two, mm-hmm. you know? So um, you shouldn't have to try and outthink like 500 people in a room just it's so much easier to be the problem and we already have such a good precedent of like we know what the best deck is it only changes like five cards so you should already be super comfortable with how to play the deck
0: yeah tabletop village shout out to sponsor tabletop village located in seattle washington buy them off pcg player guaranteed get the condition you asked for tabletop village asks How many Quick Balls and Ultra Balls do I run in a Brilliant Stars legal tournament this Friday, in mute?
1: Four of each. They are crazy. They are the craziest, actually. (laughs) They are so important.
0: All right, does that include four Battle VIP Pass? Play four of those as well. I would play three Fog. That's disgusting. (laughs) But but four of everything else. So you're, like, guaranteed six Pokemon, turn one. Don't you want that? That's busted. I mean, I know, it is. <laughs> I'm mostly upset at that concept right now.
1: <laughs> it's also, just Ultra Ball makes Rotom Phone such a better card, man. You just want to see that combination. It's so nice. Yeah.
0: DASQ asks, kind of already mentioned it, but Magma, Basin, Firebox. So, I'm getting into Moltres, the Charizard V-Star, you kind of mentioned them. But any other thoughts on those as the firebox version? Is there anything that's good in them, bad in them, etc.?
1: So there's a couple of ways that I've looked at for box. And obviously, Glarium Moltres is like, it's basically the Glarium birds are just so good. Their types are so good that you just kind of shove them in mm-hmm. and you play some fire energy as well. The other like funny box is that you can try and play um, Amazing Rare Reshiram that hits 270. For dark lightning fire. And if you play dark energies already because you're glaring Moltres, it's not crazy to also play lightning energy because you're playing right hand. I mean it is crazy and it's bad. Yeah. (laughs) But you can hit 270 with a one prizer, which is pog and funny. Um but yeah, I think mostly the firebox stuff is gonna be worse than RCSC box stuff, even though it's like the RCS box stuff is slightly slower tempo. Because it doesn't have turn one pressure outside of like maybe a Hooper attacking for ninety damage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I think uh, those will be far better than
0: than a fire uh, toolbox. That actually makes—I don't want to hear that, but that does make sense. Yeah, <laughs> Drew asks. You kind of already got into this, but thoughts on Suicune Ludicolo? You mentioned Arceus V Star is a good one-one in it, but uh, other thoughts overall on the deck.
1: I really like it. I think uh, Jolteon is probably looking sketchier, right? Because uh, there's Manaphy coming out for one prize decks, which actually makes them legitimately bad matchups. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jolteon has a slightly worse time into Mew now because Choice Belt is a really good damage modifier for allowing them to one-shot um, you know, mm-hmm. more reliably, even if it is just like a once-per-game thing. So, um, yeah, I think Jolteon's stock goes down quite a bit, which is one of the big reasons keeping it at bay right now in our format. Um so I'm a big fan of uh, Suicune Ludi because also Choice Belt really helps it into Mew, mm-hmm. uh, not only so that you can like take knockouts turn one potentially, but also even if they only have like a full bench rather than a full bench, you can still belt and kill them with Ludi Colo, So like, they basically can't play around your damage output. Uh, so that matchup gets like way more solid, especially because they don't play hand disruption typically, right? So you can actually formulate those combos and uh, they can't stop you at all really now.
0: Are we still into the like thick Ludicolo line? Because for a while it was like two o two, and now it seems to be people are on like a four one three with like four rare candies or whatever. Like which way I are like, you
1: going uh, I'm at three o two with three candy. I okay. think that's my favorite way. Um, it's important to double lotad in a decent number of matchups, so I like having three lotads for that reason, and because it has call for family, which is also Pog.
0: <laughs> the fact that deck has no bad starters. It's so really good. nice, right? Yeah, really nice, really nice. Gugatz asked, How good are Weezing decks next format? So, you said you cut Weezing, but overall, have you tested Weezing in anything besides the Moltres deck? This is probably one of
1: my like worst biases, I guess. I try to basically test everything, but I really dislike Weezing as a card <laughs> because. It's just saying, do you have it? And (laughs) if the opponent has built their deck relatively well, they should have it more often than they don't. Um, But that's not always how things work right now. I do think there's less, yeah, (laughs) I do think there's less reliance on Intellion engines in general. Uh, So there'll be more like actual supporters in decks. Like we'll be seeing more for research, three Marnie sort of things, which makes Weezing like kind of worse. But there is more lean into like Robot and Luminion. So that kind of like counterbalances, I guess. Uh, but at least they're drawing ball search cards now, right? So at least they're attacking you back, and that's really bad. So just the fact that they have more ball search means they attack you more, and that's not very good for you because you're hoping they just like don't attack you as Weezing. Uh So, yeah, I would say it's probably worse, but I am very anti wheezing already in the format, so uh, I am probably the worst person to ask and need
0: to test that more, unironically.
1: I'll test it for you, no please do i would rather not <laughs> I
0: mean, with that said you're 100 percent correct right like i mentioned it earlier but i'm like 50 50 against jolteon and it's literally just <clears throat> ascension oh you don't have it because you play three draw supporters cool yeah. i can win the game now like that's yeah that is a primary win condition of the deck <laughs> in some certain match, yeah. some matchups you actually have to play the game and i love those those are super fun <laughs> Peter M asks, and you can go as detailed or not as you want on this one, but Zard V-Star, too slow or have potential?
1: Has potential? Probably is too much work. Um, I've tested it mostly against Mew, because that's my stress test against, mm-hmm. like, like, for every deck right now. So it feels worse, because it just dies, right? It just gets gusted and doesn't do what you want it to do. Uh, but into other matchups, um, it's actually going to pull off its V-Star power. I think if you do want to do Charizard, To make it reliable, it needs to play right-hand and EXP share, and probably like at least two of each of those, which is kind of yucky, but um, it's reasonable. And actually, Charizard V Max is really quite solid. 330 hit points, um, and the 3 energy 100 is killing Genesects, right? So you can try and shove a big guy out there and uh, try and buy that turn if they've played um, powers early. And sometimes Entei forces that, right? Especially if they've gone first. And haven't damaged their ente, you force powers out, to then allow the VMAX to actually tank a hit, and it lets you kill two Genesects, which is a some form of comeback for the Fire deck, which is cool.
0: You're actually selling that a lot more than I thought you were going. I, I mean,
1: uh, Charizard V Max felt like a very bad card, but actually, uh, <clears throat> you know, as long as you can power it up now, it's solid into Genesect right at least, okay. and you can belt around Dorikor if you have to, so they can't like stop you killing Genesects
0: also want to point out real quick you mentioned it's important for everyone listening you mentioned your stress test everything against Mew that is a very important part of testing testing isn't you and the other person playing your janky maybe this is good decks against each other because that's not what the format's (laughs) gonna be like very important to shove the Mew against everything I assume right
1: yeah, well, it serves two purposes because if you find no deck that you actually like, you've at least jammed lots of games with Mew, so <laughs> you can
0: always play Mew.
1: Very good.
0: A perfect. Everyone's one. Everyone's go to. Mm-hmm. Stellar Wish Gaming asks, "What is your favorite deck from Brilliant Stars, other than anything with Artists?" You can take favorite however you want to take that. Oof. Um. Not Arceus. You hate to see it. Uh. <laughs> Arceus seems like a fun card. Like, that was one of the things... Like I said, when we had LDF on, he was just like, just imagine you're bricking, and then you evolve, and you're no longer bricking. And I was like,
1: "Yeah, yo, I'm that is in. A, <laughs> that is a feel, for sure. That is a big, big feel. I don't know, honestly. I mean, like I said, the, outside of Arceus decks and maybe Fire decks, there aren't many actual, like, new things coming out. So it's a hard question. I think I I want to try a um Zoroark attacking stage one box. Uh which is playing like the flapples and like the Gallisopods and stuff like that, which is like kind of fun. Um so it'll be worth like I'm gonna experiment more with that because I think uh Zoroark is a super fun card. Um and there's there's at least something there now with Manaphy um and more discard synergy. So
0: Zork's one of those cards that as soon as I read it, I'm like, I'm buying a playset because it is one thing away from becoming a $20 holo rare and it's <laughs> your yeah, yeah, one deck. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. such a good card. Have you tested mm-hmm. Sander's Control or not yet?
1: So we've we've spoken about it in the CCG like chat or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but we haven't actually. like. I jammed early games with Floats of Control into Mew. Didn't go well. <laughs> That's when I was playing two double turbos, though, so it was naturally, like, going Oh, and the double turbo lets you
0: retreat, so you can't even boss stall ads.
1: Yep. <laughs> and you can't... you Like, even if you Hyrule, like, Seeking or whatever to remove energies, or play the new... Well, uh, not the new, but the celebrations you Belt all that gets rid of tons of... Uh, gets rid of three of their special energy, right? For a uh, twin energy. Um, they they just bounce back with double turbo. So I think uh, that's quite bad. Um, but, uh... I think there's a reason to play Control, and actually, interesting uh, thing to talk about is how many people who have only played in the online era won't know what to do against Control, because they haven't had to play against it in online tournaments. So you may get a lot of free rounds, actually, which is an unlike unknown quantity of how valuable that will actually be. Again, it depends on the ratios of formats, or like the tournament as it uh, actually happens, but people will misplay against you hard. I think if they are only like players from the online era, because they haven't had to deal with control before.
0: I mean, so when we had Sander on, he mentioned that a lot of times he just walks into day two because most people don't know how to play against control. The one tournament, the one regional I played against control, almost the same thing. I hit too many seismic decks to walk into day two, but it was the same of like, Oh, I don't have to think because you have no idea what you're doing. You've had to have played control before. Is wasn't it like that before, even?
1: Yeah, yeah, it certainly <laughs> was. And, uh, like, you really rely on those people who played, like, Sander or Goli uh, day one to know, like, what random bulk common you have to search. Like, why why do I have to play around, like, um, Jupiter and cards like that, you know? It's like, oh, he's playing Spider-Lock apparently. What does that even mean? <laughs> like, hello? it's you hear about it you have nightmares but you don't actually know what the cards do right until day two so uh you didn't know that you misplayed until like seven turns later when they can't lose against you um so yeah europe sounds so much more fun no th- <laughs> you, don't wanna, <laughs> you don't want that you don't want that in your life
0: i feel like na that's never an issue like the question's always like what is you know the azul testing group playing and it's never, there's no Pawn Yard in there that I have to go Google real quick, right? Like, yeah. and then I see Sander like, I top forward this SPE and it's like, bro, I have to look up four of these cards real quick. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. what and I, I have see. to
1: scroll through the list because it's like, so wide, <laughs> <laughs> so many ones, two, if it's the most important card, that's it. <laughs> so insane. I don't know how he juggles his own deck lists, honestly. Like the, the first turn deck search, I'd have like a nosebleed. It's so much.
0: I forget if you were casting Pog the first year or not, but watching him in the finals yep. do his prize checking and he actually would scroll through and check his prizes yep. and he clearly knew what he was doing and it's like I'm struggling to check prizes in you where I play four rounds like <laughs> this is incredible. How many fusion energy again? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, wild. Dragon the Forkhead asks, do you think Mew will die down after Brilliant Stars is out? So in terms of popularity, do you think people are going to start to put it away, see more play? So it's a
1: really weird balance where the deck itself is way stronger, but also some of the counter decks, mainly just like these Clara, Galarian Moltres decks, mm-hmm. they get way more well-rounded because they don't just lose to Jolteon and Urshifu, which have stayed popular enough in this format and are really good against all of these decks that just like do nothing until Moltres um but now those do nothing until Moltres wins decks actually have like a more well-rounded field because they don't just die to the snipers basically um so it's a hard thing to say i think there'll still be a number of like path decks and dedicated anti-mu decks for sure um but i can't see it going away drastically i think it'll be similar maybe like again going back to irl when it's like actual stakes compared to online play Um, It could mean that there's like way more Mew as well, so it could end up being like the 25% deck. Um, I'd be surprised by that. I would still expect it to be like 12 to like 15% on the high end Mm. of a tournament in terms of representation. Um, But I could see it being much higher Day 2 representation.
0: (laughs) That's something I tell my chat all the time when I play in these online tournaments. It's like, I'm playing Galarian Moltres because I think it's fun if I were playing a real event, I would be playing Mew. Yes. I know I'm not the only person like myself, where I'm playing the fun deck online, because who cares? Yeah. So you saw
1: the deck that randomly topped forward yesterday. It's like, I'll give it a go. I'm not doing anything tonight. Exactly. Like, oh yeah, Metagross Max.
0: Let's try it. (laughs) I'm not bringing that thing ever to a regional. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then the Gyroscope Eevee, last question, asks, if you drink tea, you put in the milk before or after?
1: Uh, after, obviously.
0: Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. I'll take I'm your word maniac. for it. Obviously. Yeah. I also put it in after, but I'm thinking, who puts it in before? Is this is that a real thing? Uh, okay. I don't think I've ever met anyone who has. So okay, so yeah. that's just him making up some weird stuff. Love to see. Yeah. It. Uh, so, if people want to catch your testing, where can they watch it? Where can they find you? Where can they find you? Where if they want more of you?
1: So, youtube.com slash Omnipoke is the YouTube channel. And uh, myself and Jack have been making a real point of streaming Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays on twitch.tv slash Team Omnipoke. And that is where, at the moment, we're doing gauntlets where we're playing one deck into a variety of matchups. And uh, we'll be moving into like matchup busters as we get closer to Liverpool, which is going to be a more in-depth look where we play like four or five games into exactly one matchup and see how it all goes down. Um, so we'll be varying our testing a lot, but we will be testing a lot because we're both going to Liverpool. Uh, we both really want to do well and uh, make a splash back uh, when IRL comes back.
0: For anyone who is looking forward to how do I test for a regional? I've caught some of these streams They happen when I'm on work, but usually I like. Look- on a break or something and these seem like the perfect way to learn how to test it's not mm-hmm. well you can do the PTCGO ladder if you have to but it's like you're running sure. these decks against a gauntlet and figuring out okay how do i play against this how do i play against that it's like very purposeful right you have the same order of how's this do against this how's this do against this and mm-hmm. for anyone who's wondering how do i test go watch those streams and just kind of absorb some of that information of how they are testing because it you're doing real yeah. testing. You're not content creating. <laughs> we're trying. Yeah, we're like... try-harding.
1: Yeah, we are <laughs> players at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, and even if you just wanna catch like the snippet, we normally chat about the games that's just happened for like the last ten minutes of the stream. So if you just want to skip to the end and do the cheat sheet version, you can and get the TLDR from us. Uh, by that point when we're both tired and salty. <laughs> so you get the real raw you get the raw perspective. I did not so, know yeah. you
0: did that at the end, because I've never caught in it. So <laughs> yeah. I might actually go back like to watch those. Uh,
1: yeah, we chat through like what we would change and this sort of stuff and our overall feel of the decks. So, yeah, it's good.
0: And of course, myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Remember to leave all of the stars in your review, which if you haven't left a review, they are super appreciated. I don't read them because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm afraid. But I appreciate <laughs> everyone who does that <laughs> so much. And this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. Catch you all next week.